0: Well, I know we've had a lot of church lately, but it's nice to see so many of you here today. It was truly a joy to see so many people at our Christmas Eve services, some we haven't seen in a long time, and some we regularly see only on Christmas. It's often the case, though, on the first Sunday after Christmas, we're back to normal, so to speak, with us usual suspects. I presume you're here because you want to hear about Jesus some more. I mean, we have some people who, or we've had some people who, when they've stopped being able to hear, they stop coming. And after all, the spoken word is all I have to offer you. And that's because that's what God has to offer you here. More good news about His Son. Did you ever think about why we were created with the senses that we have? You know, particularly our ears. Most of us would think God created us to have senses to navigate the world he created for us, right? We need to see where we're going, smell what we're eating, and touch things, taste the food we eat and all that. But hearing, we could live life without it. Millions of people do. I believe God, God gave gave us senses to live in this world but also I believe God gave us hearing to be able to hear him. It's the prime manner in which we interact with our creator. We hear him speak to us. Man and woman were created to receive the word of God into their ears and their hearts. That's what I'm offering you today, a theology of hearing which is not my original idea. I mean, I didn't make this up. Scripture was written for us to hear. You can read it and hear it in your head or speak it out loud to yourself, but it's meant to be heard. Think about the creation itself. God spoke it into being. For us, the world which surrounds us began with a voice. With a word. Think about how important this is. In the womb, we don't exactly know which sense is given first. But we know children in there can hear. And it's one of the last senses taken in life. Hence, why I'm speaking through an amplifier and speakers. Consider this as well. The original sin of our first parents. The original sin of our first parents, Adam and Eve, was not believing what God said. Satan didn't lie to them about the existence of God. He didn't lie to them that God was bad and he was good. He lied about what was said. Did God really say not to eat from that tree? Come on, go ahead, eat it. Nothing's going to happen. I have to remind myself all the time why people, even today, hear what God has said and don't believe it. It's because of that original lie all those millennia ago. We can't fix this. The church can't fix it. We just have to keep going on with those who will hear and believe to whatever extent. Look at Mary and Joseph, though. Two of the most Faithful, believing people you would think you could find in the Bible, after what they had gone through with the angels coming to them at night and in dreams, and the birth and the manger and the shepherds coming to see and, to, uh, uh, and the star, they probably would have rather believed what they saw rather than what they heard when they brought their baby boy to the temple to be blessed. It all looks wonderful and godly, Some old guy in the temple takes Jesus into his arms, lifts him up in joy, and and, uh, another well-wisher praises God day and night. But what this guy says is rather ominous. Think about what Joseph and Mary heard. Our baby is going to have something to do with the falling and rising of many in Israel? He's going to be opposed? Even before he grows past infancy, the cross begins to loom. Mary and Joseph are left with joyous words to marvel in the heart, in their hearts, as well as some sobering words that they will come to realize the true meaning of some years later. What are we left with the Sunday after Christmas, according to the words of the world and our own inward-focused fo- nature? What are we left with? I don't know about you, but my next credit card statement is going to have some words on it that tell me I'm more in debt. Maybe you too, maybe you have been hearing or reading popular commentary on TV or radio or websites saying, Christmas is over, now it's time to work on being a better person with that New Year's resolution. the recycle bins overflowing with packaging and used wrapping paper, and we're left with the feeling, is that all there is to Christmas? We're also left with a need to repent for not believing that everything God has spoken to us is true and can be trusted and lived out. Ask God to forgive you for that, and He will. If you want to ask Him for that, along with your brothers and sisters, who are in the same boat as you, come to the service tomorrow at 7 p.m. where we'll do it together as God's family and receive His body and blood again for the forgiveness of sins and strength for the new year. Our other senses of touch and taste serve our hearing of God's Word to us. That's why it's so important to commune at the altar But, of course, you already know that. Let's just consider this hard saying from Simeon for a little bit longer. This child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Hard words, but... They're actually the word of salvation to be heard by you and me and to be believed. The sword piercing through Mary's soul would be the cross by which her son would save us all from death and hell. And that's good news to be left with after Christmas, don't you think? See, there's far more than just debt. (laughs) There's more than wet, deflated Santas and Frosty the Snowman on the front lawn. Sad reminders that Christmas is over. Your inflatable nativity scene may be a soggy pool of nylon that you really don't want to fold up and put away for another year, but the Christ child can still be seen and held through your ears. And year-round, too. We don't see him or hold him as did Simeon or Mary, but we may see and hold him Through our ears. Jesus is the Word of God made flesh, born and seen in the manger, held on the cross, seen in the Scriptures, received in our hearts through baptism and the Lord's Supper. The God who saves is a God who speaks, and He has spoken to you. You are my beloved child, you are forgiven. Listen to me and follow me. How will we keep God's word in our ears this week? This new year that's approaching? Well, remember the words spoken at your baptism. You are saved. At every absolution, during every Sunday service you have attended, you are forgiven. At the communion rail, go in peace and joy. Remember everything you've... Read and been hearing in the Bible. Singing hymns and spiritual songs. Praying back to God, His saving promises. Talking about Jesus and His love to others. It's all, it all says, you are saved because I love you. May you believe His words and His promises to you even more dearly. And may you have the kind of peace, comfort, and joy which only comes from Him to the strengthening of your souls. Amen.